0: Yeah. Ranking the Gymwears from each region turned out to be a lot of fun. Very subjective and controversial, but fun nonetheless. Since I talked about gym Gymwears, I feel like the next step for me is to talk about the Elite Four. As the name suggests, the Elite Four are the four strongest trainers in each region, and serve as one last obstacle for players to overcome before facing the champion. I didn't care about the Elite Four as a kid, to me they felt like Jim Lear's 2.0, but as years went on, I've grown to respect them. But which region has my favorite Elite Four group? I'll be going over the Elite Four from each respective region and rank them from my least favorite to favorite. Again, I don't hate any of them entirely, but I won't hesitate to call on anything I'm not particularly fond of. These trainers will be ranked based on their teams, difficulty, and how they are as characters and everything I say is just my opinion, so please be respectful for what I have to say. I'm Eric from Geeks Crossing, and these are the Elite 4 groups ranked from least favorite to favorite. Before I get to my list, there's one thing I have to mention. Not every region has an Elite 4. Of course, I'm talking about Galar or Gen 8. After you obtain all 8 badges in Sword and Shield, you compete in the Champions Cup, a tournament where you and the Gym leaders fight for the chance to take on Leon in a tile defense match. The opponents you face include your rival Bede, who becomes the new fairy type leader, Nessa, the Wire-type leader, B and Alistair, the Fighting Ghost-type leaders respectively, all depending on which version you're playing, and Rihan, the Dragon-type leader. Honestly, this was a pretty solid group, and I can't really say if I have a favorite or least favorite. Well, B was always one of my favorite characters from Sword and Shield, so I enjoyed facing him and his new Fairy-type team. I guess Rihan using a Torkoal will be the only complaint I have. Sir, I don't know if you met Flannery, but Torkoal is not a Dragon-type! Then again, Rihan is like one of those weather players you see in VGC tournaments, so I'll give him a break. Honestly, I could have easily put these four on the list, but I feel like it would be cheating because they're not technically in Leaf Four, but I'll put them as honorable mentions if anything. Besides, the Gym Leaders are randomly picked every year, so there's that to consider as well. Alright, now we can begin. This may come to a surprise for most fans. In last place, we have the Kanto Elite Four. I know, it's fucking crazy, but I'll mention your positives first. Yes, Kanto's Elite Four members are iconic, as they were the first ever Elite Four in any Pokemon game. Much like the Gym Leaders and Kanto, I feel like they're oversaturated based on how many times you face them. But unlike the gym leaders who stay true to what types they specialize in, the Elite Four hardly does that. I know, part of that is due to Kanto's Pokédex being very limited in terms of types, but it feels so awkward at times. Let's start with Lorelei, who's called Prima in the anime for some reason. She actually does stay true to her as being an Ice-type user, by using every Kanto Pokémon that's part Ice, with the only exception being Slowbro. Next is Bruno, who's ideally a Fighting-type expert, except two of his Fighting-types aren't even Fighting-types, Instead, he has two Onix. What? That never made sense to me as a kid, and it still doesn't. You could have at least given him Primeape, but no, let's give him Onix 2.0. Agatha is honestly the worst of them all, and it's not just because of the way she constantly shits on Professor Oak, but her quote-unquote ghost-type team is very questionable. We all know the only ghost-types introduced in Gen 1 was the Gengar line, so that already puts her team at fault, and the only other Pokemon she uses are Golbat and Arbark, who aren't ghost-types, mind you. Excuse me. Are you a Ghost-type expert? Because it sounds like you're a Poison-type expert instead. As for Lance, he definitely has a heart of gold when it comes to giving speeches and shit, but his Dragon-type team is very underwhelming. I know Gyarados and Aerodactyl look like dragons, but they don't have the actual Dragon-type now, do they? Doesn't help that Kanto only has three Dragon-types, with all of them being part of the Dragonite line. I do appreciate the Gen 1 remakes for improving their teams in the post-game, but it feels very, very awkward to go back to them now. Still, without them, future games won't have something to improve on. I hope you Gen 2 lovers are in a good mood, because for once, Johto isn't ranked last, but instead, second to last. Yeah, I probably just pissed you guys off even more for not ranking them any higher. (laughs) Anyway, I think Johto has a solid Elite 4 group, with two of them being returning veterans from Kanto, those being Koga and Bruno. I mean, the Gen 2 games are meant to be sequels to Gen 1, so I understand what they were doing, but was it really necessary? I mean, Koga star Janine takes over the Poison-type gym in Kanto, but why would you have Bruno be part of Johto's Elite 4 when he's already part of Kanto's Elite 4? And on top of that, Johto already has a gym leader representing fighting types, that being Chuck. Again, what's the fucking point? Alright, what about the members who are actually from Johto? First off, we have Will, who has a good psychic type team. Next, we have Koga, who continues to show off how versatile the poison types can be. And Fortress, who he has for some reason. Bruno actually takes my advice and gets rid of one of his Onix for a natural fighting type, but he still shouldn't have Onix to begin with. Last, we have Karen, a solid precursor for all the snarky, dark type users we meet in future games and her team's not that bad either. Except, wouldn't it make more sense to replace Gengar and Vileplume with Sneasel and Tyranitar? You know, the only other Dark-types introduced instead of using two random Pokemon from Kanto? Speaking of which, once again, I have to criticize Gen 2 again for being over on Kanto. There shouldn't be any excuse for Will to have Zatu as his only Johto Psychic type, and Bruno must think he's still in Kanto because his only new fighting type is Hipmontop. At least Koga and Karen tried adapting, but for Karen, it's a little disappointing. Even though I'm still critical towards Jodo as a whole, I will cut the Elite 4 some slack for trying to be unique. Finishing up the Bomb 3, we have the Kalos Elite 4. If there's one thing I completely forgot to mention, it would have to be the rooms or chamber each member has. I think the Kalos Elite 4 has some of the best chambers in any Pokemon game. From two giant swords and bending to the ground, fire and water pillars bursting from the field, and even a giant dragon statue coming to life. Okay, bottom line is, the aesthetics are impressive, but what about the members themselves? Wickstrom has all the qualities of a Noble Knight, yet his Steel-type team could use some work. Clefking and Aegislash could pose a challenge, but having Probopass means he's begging to be assaulted by Ground-types. Malva used to be associated with Team Flare, which is really interesting. And her Fire-type team is solid, with her best members being Talonflame and Chandelure. Again, why couldn't you give her Houndoom? Dressa may act as the typical Elder, but she's not terrible or anything. Actually, if you're not careful, she could be deadly with her Noivern and Dragalge. Also, I like how she gives you a little pep talk after beating her. As for Seabolt, not only is he part of the Elite Four, but he's also a famous chef in Kalos, though I think his War-Type team could use some tweaks. I know Barbarical and Qualitur are there because they're the only other War-Types introduced in Gen 6, but did you have to make his last two Pokemon beat from Kanto? Sadly, much like the Gym Leaders, these guys hardly pose a challenge, which is another reason why they're ranked this low. The Kalos Elite Four may have earned points for aesthetics, but it's not enough to excuse their easy nature. In the middle, we have Olola's Elite Four. I know, it's fucking crazy to think I put Olola this high despite my hatred towards Gen 7. But here I am, actually giving Sun and Moon some positive feedback. <sighs> as we know, Olola originally didn't have a Pokemon League, but once you complete all four Grand Trials, you get the chance to take on Olola's first ever Elite Four. And surprisingly, the Elite Four consists of characters you've already met, such as Hala and Olivia, the Fighting and Rock-type Kahunas respectively, a Sarola, the Ghost-type Trial Captain, and Kahili, a Flying-type expert who loves to play golf and... Yeah, that's pretty much it. As much as I enjoyed seeing something like this, it does feel a bit underwhelming. I mean, we've already met slash battled these people before, so it does feel very weird to face him again, especially Hollett and Olivia. Okay, but do these four pose any sort of challenge? That's honestly a hit or miss. Holla does have an impressive team with Beware and Crabomital being his heavy hitters, but he's still a pushover. Olivia's rock types are pretty fragile as well, with the one exception being her Lichen Rock. A Sorola proves to be the toughest one in them all because her Ghost-type team is a force to be reckoned with, especially her Delmize, Pylosan, and Frostlass. Kahili has a decent Flying-type team, using overrated birds like Mandibuzz and Toucannon, but because Flying-types aren't exactly the strongest, she feels like a pushover as well. In Ultra Sun and Moon, Hala is replaced with Mulane, a Steel-type extra who gives you the Steelium Z-Crystal earlier in the game. I never understood why they did this because the Elite Four is fine the way it is. Ironically, Mulane becomes the new toughest member in my opinion, I mean, he has a fucking Metagross, Magnesone, and Alolan trio Some of the most strongest steel types in any region. Alola definitely has the most unique Elite Four group, but the problems I have are preventing me from ranking them any higher. We're now in the top three, starting with Hoenn's Elite Four. As I mentioned before many times on this podcast, Ruby and Sapphire were the first Pokemon games I played, so I have a lot of fond memories facing these guys. Starting with Sydney, the Dark-type expert. Not only does he have a bit of starkiness to him, but he seems very upbeat compared to most Dark-type users. His team consists of nearly every Dark-type introduced in Gen 3, like Mighty Anna, Shiftry, and my personal favorite, Absol, which I respect a lot. Phoebe is an interesting case. Even though her little Hawaiian outfit doesn't scream, Ghost-type, she loves to train at out prior, which is where most of Hoenn's Ghost-types inhabit. Also, do I have to mention the ghost of her little sister that appears for her split second in the remakes? That alone solidifies her connection to Ghost-types. Speaking of which, her team feels a bit underwhelming with the only Ghost-types she uses are Sableye, and two pairs of Baynet and Dusclops respectively. At least Orash tried fixing this by replacing whatever Dusclops with snort. Up next, Galacia, who's probably the least interesting member in my opinion. I'm not saying she's horrible, but there's really nothing that makes her stand out in my opinion. A wise elder just so happens to be an Ice-type expert. Much like Phoebe, her team feels underwhelming, having a Wolverine and two pairs of Glalie and Celio respectively. In Oras, the two Celio are replaced with two Frostlass, which works to an extent. Lastly, we have Drake, one of my favorite Elite Four members in general. I absolutely love his pirate-like design, and his Dragon-type team knows how to wreck shit, especially his Altaria, Flygon Twins, and Salamence. Funny enough, Drake is the only one to have a slightly different team in Emerald by replacing one of his Flygon with Kingdra. Oh yeah, almost forgot. In Emerald, Cindy replaces Sharpedo with Accraudons. Not sure why, because I think Sharpedo fits him a lot better, but okay. These Elite Four members offer a great challenge, and when you rebound them during the post-game of Oras, Their teams are amplified, by giving them more Pokemon from other regions, and a Mega Pokemon as well. Something that I feel like the Kalos Elite 4 would have benefited from. Hoenn's Elite 4 may be a bit on the conservative side, but I love facing them whenever I play through the original Gen 3 games or their remakes. In second place, we have Sinnoh's Elite 4. Yes, you heard right. For once, I'm not talking shit about Gen 4. (laughs) However, Sinnoh's Elite 4 didn't have the best first impression, let's put it that way. Mainly because of Diamond and Pearl's horrible selection of Pokemon. I'll admit. Bertha, the ground-type expert using a pseudo Wudo, isn't that bad, but Flint, who's supposed to be a fire-type expert, instead has a Driflim, Steelix, and Lopini on his team. Are you fucking kidding me?! Those three aren't even close to being fire-types! I mean, Driflim can learn will o wisp but that's besides the point! Fortunately, Game Freak must've realized how fucking stupid this was, because Platinum gave them a major upgrade, both in terms of teams and difficulty. Let's start with Aaron, the bug-type expert. We all know Bug-types aren't exactly the most viable, but here comes Eren proving us wrong. His Bug-type team can be deadly if not careful, by using badass Bugs like Scizor and Yamnega. I don't even care that his Ace is Drapion. Okay, maybe I care a little because it's not actually a Bug-type. Hey, who cares about technicalities? Not me. (laughs) Bertho went from having a mediocre Ground-type team, to an even better Ground-type team, replacing Pokemon like Pseudowoodle and Quagsire with Gliscor and Rhyperior. Having two Pokemon that are four times weak to Grass-types was dumb. The Rhyperior is four times weak to grass. Shut up. Anyway, Flint actually has a legit Fire-type team by replacing his non-Fire-types with Houndoom, Flareon, and Magmortar, who becomes his new ace, though personally I still think Infernay fits him better. I also like how we meet Flint before fighting Volkner. Like I said before, these two are best friends which made me respect them a lot more, especially when we got to fight them in a tag team during the post-game. Finally, we have Lucian, the Psychic-type expert. Because Psychic-types are usually OP, he easily became the toughest member not just in Platinum, but in DP as well, exchanging decent psychic types like Giraffering and Medicham for stronger ones like Espeon and Gallade, even its Ace Bronzong is no pushover, given its ridiculous defenses. Out of all the Elite Four groups, Sinnoh went through the most changes, which made me respect them a lot more. I just hope they use their Platinum teams for the Gen 4 remakes. Please Game Freak, please. My favorite Elite Four group is without a doubt, univos I wasn't expecting to like these characters a lot, let alone rank them as number one. But after replaying through Gen 5 and remembering how great the Unova games were, this Elite Four is the best we've seen so far. In past regions, you had to fight the Elite Four in a set order, but in Black and White, along with their sequels, you can choose to fight them in any order you want. Yeah, you can also do that in X and Y in the Alola games, but Unova did that first, so I have to give credit where credit is due. Do you guys remember how lively the Gym leaders felt? These four trainers actually have lives outside battles too, starting with Chantel, the Ghost-type expert, being both an author and a Leaf Four member may sound difficult, but she looks like she can handle both jobs quite well. Her Ghost Sight team can be a real challenge if you're not prepared, especially her Chandelure and Cofagrigus. Next, we have Grimsley, who's yet another Leaf Four member who specializes in Dark types. He definitely has a sinister yet cunning personality, which is perfect for someone who loves using Dark types. His Live bird and Crocodile will give you the most trouble, I can personally tell you that. I also loved this brief appearance in the Alola games, even though it felt random as fuck, but okay. At least he's nice enough to give you Sharpedo as a ride Pokemon. Then we have Kaylin, who, as we all know, debuted in the Sinnoh games as the ruler of the Battle Castle, but you don't actually fight her. Instead, you face her butler, Dirac. Dirach? However the fuck you say that name. Yes, the little girl who constantly shouted, Dirac! CP for this trainer at once! Became the psychic type member of Unova's Elite Four. That's fucking insane and completely unexpected. Same thing goes for the power of her psychic types. Mostly Sigelef and her ace, toe. Last but not least, Marshall, a fighting type prodigy, who was personally trained by the Unova champion himself, Alder. Being a pupil to the Pokemon champion must be a real honor, so I don't blame Marshall for training 24-7. His fighting types could really fuck you up if you're not careful, mainly as Shao and Conkeldurr. All four of these trainers offer their own sense of difficulty, which is something I've always wanted. And I love how in the post-game they use Pokemon for past regions, like Drifblim, Sharpedo, Metagross, Toxicroak, etc., Yeah, they do that for both the main and post-game for the sequels, but still. Oh yeah, the chambers are beyond incredible, with each motif perfectly capturing their type specialties, such as a haunted house, a castle you see in old vampire movies, a giant bed with sparkling shit everywhere, and a wrestling ring. No need to explain which motif goes with who. Unova may not be my favorite region, but it's Elite Four is a different story. I'm hoping this will make up for not putting the Unova leaders as number one in my last episode. Who knows. Anyway, what'd you guys think? Does my ranking once again screen controversy? How would you rank the Elite 4 from each region? And more importantly, am I gonna be talking about the champions next? At this point, I've done the gym leaders in Elite 4, so fuck it, why not? (laughs) Get it? Why not? Because that's the name of Wobbuffet's free evolved form, and I'm saying why not, and yeah, that joke is overused. (laughs) Get it? Overused? Because overused is the proper term for OU, which is a format in competitive Pokemon, and okay, I'll stop. Anyway, that's going to take some time because I know for a fact that's going to be extremely subjective. Then again, so do most of my rankings I did, but still. Until then, join our Discord server and follow our Instagram page at Geeks Crossing. Links will be provided as always, and continue to support us on all available platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening, and stay true to your geek selves.